It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians, that's right behind 1 Corinthians. Don't get it confused with Chronicles. That's in the Old Testament. This is in the New. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to talk about something today I think is really important. You know, there are, there are principles in the Word of God. When we begin to understand God, we begin to understand that as God does certain things, He establishes principles or laws. Like we, we, we say laws of nature. There's certain things that happen. We know that the sun always comes up in the east, right? Some of you didn't know that, I guess. <laughs> and it always sets in the west, right? It's like that one missionary, uh, his wife, uh, he got up and said, Honey, you know, they were uh, in this remote place uh, out there, uh, there off of uh, Mombasa where the Indian Ocean comes in. And, and he said, You know, the sunrise is just so beautiful here. You just need to get, it, get up and see it. And she looked at him and she said, If God wanted me to see the sunsi- sunrise, He'd schedule it later on in the day. <laughs> but, but, you know, it always comes up. It always comes up in the east. It's always going to set in the west. God set the stars in the sky. There's rotations. And, you know, men, mankind has started figuring this out, and so they can start to predict certain things. But God has certain laws and certain principles. And the same way that we see them in, na- in nature, he also has spiritual principles and spiritual laws. And I, there's a principle that I call the power of again. Everybody say, again. Now say it again, <laughs> again, amen, hallelujah. And I like to think of it like this because the other day, you know, um, I don't know about you, but sometimes certain things will happen in my life and, I, you know, you're just kind of strolling down life's highway and all of a sudden, you know, the devil's throwing garbage in your way and all this stuff. And you begin to think about, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? Why is it that everything just seems like starts to fall apart? Anybody else have a... You know, I'm just saying, that's life, isn't it? That's just life. And if we don't watch out, it'll just keep rolling in on us and rolling in on us and rolling in on us. And, and so we have to be careful because if we don't choose to get on top of that, it'll get on top of us. And um, I remember I used to think, well, you know, people would talk about um, what God did for them. And, and I'd think, yeah, you know, I'm sure God did that for them. I don't know if he will do it for me. And uh, then, you know, go back and, he, and maybe it was healing. And you think, yeah, I believe God has, but, man, I just don't know if he will. And Has anybody ever else ever thought that? See, the, the devil throws those thoughts in our minds because we get to thinking, well, I'm not good enough. Or my life, I did this back then and, and this and that and all this stuff. And the devil tries to make us think that we're just not good enough for God to do it for us. We might know that he has done it, but we just don't know if he will do it. Anybody else out there? But I want to tell you that we need to get something down in our spirit today. And God wanted me to tell you today, he will because he has. Say it with me. He will because he has. God's the same yesterday, today, forever. That's what he says in his word. He says, I change not. So if he has, he will. And he wants you to know that he will because he has. Oh, I don't know about you, but I could almost start preaching here pretty soon. If I just had, you know, if y'all, if I had somebody to preach to. Look, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. What does it say? What's the first two words there? Anybody else there? 
in verse, verse, chapter 1, verse 10, he has, from the NIV, the New International Version, it says, he has. starts out, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Not only has he, not only will he, but he says that he will continue to. De- oh, I don't know if y'all are getting this. I might have to go over here. What my, where's my water at, honey? I, I might need a drink of water here. This is getting a little, getting a little tough here. Man, I might even need some Gatorade. I don't know. He says he will, or he has, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril. And he will deliver us. And then he goes on to make a little clarifying statement. On him we have set our hope. Now when you put your hope, your expectation, an expectation, hope is uh, an earnest expectation for good. When you put your hope or your, and you earnestly expect that God is good and he's going to work for good for you, put your expectation in him, it says, and on him we have set our hope, our earnest expectation that he will continue to deliver us amen he's not a genie in the bottle rubbing you know and you get three wishes he's not a vending machine that you every once in a while you know you pull and you oh no it's about out it's gonna be out that's it that's that's all he got for me he's not a genie in the bottle he's not a vending machine he's god say god is god how about saying god's still god do you believe that do you really believe it? So if you really believe, John was in ICU last week. John's here today. Praise God, John. I'm glad to see John today. Man, I tell you, that's, it's good to be in, in church rather than to be in ICU, isn't it? Last Sunday, were you in ICU? Oh, I see you in church. <laughs> Two weeks? Wow. Let me tell you something. If you've ever been in ICU, you know that You'd rather be here than there. God has, he will, and he continues to do it. Amen? Sometimes we think, well, he did it for Miss Roberta. You know, he did it for Miss Sandy. I don't know if he'll do it for me. Why not? Do you think he loves one child over the other? He loves us all the same. Hallelujah. So it says that he will deliver us now i want you to think about this word deliver for just a second it's more than just rescue to go and rescue somebody what it really gives the the thought is of drawing something or someone to to themselves taking them up and by taking them up into themselves that's how they rescue them with protection oh man i want to tell you something see it says god will take us up to himself and cover us oh there's a secret place of the most high where we're we we abide under y'all ain't getting this today man i don't know about you but i got up excited this morning there's a secret place of the most high where we can abide where we can find our dwelling place where we can find our refuge in him we abide under the shadow, the influence of the Almighty. It says He has delivered us. He's taken us into Himself, into that secret place of the Most High. Oh, man. And so we hear those things and we think about it and we say, Well, I know that's how God, God has. I just don't know if He will. 
that's when you need to have a talk with yourself. You know, the Bible does say speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We need to speak to ourselves. I've spoken to myself many times. People thought I was nuts. <laughs> but sometimes you just need to give yourself a good talking to and say, self, wait a minute. Don't be sitting there thinking about what he has done. Because if he has done it, he will do it. And if he will do it for somebody else, he'll do it for me. So then that's where we need to put our expectation in what he will do for... Is anybody getting any of this today? See, I, I think that the devil comes and steals us because of our stinking thinking. We need a checkup from the neck up to get our thinking right. So that we stop thinking about... I just don't know about if he will because we think that we're just some wandering generality, but he says, no, you are a meaningful specific. Oh, I don't, but that'll preach. Let me write that down real quick here. I might have to preach that one later. See, the devil just tells you, who do you think you are? Well, see, look at, this is what has happened to you. This is, this is you, and this is your situation, and look at this and look at that, and that's all behind you. You need to say, yeah, that's behind me. Because I was formed in him before he even thought about fixing the galaxy. He created it around me. All things revolve around me. I know some people that think that everything revolves around them. But, you know, we really do need to get that think that, to think that, wait a minute, God did all this for me, for you. He went to the cross. He died for the world. But you know what? He had you in mind. He saw you. How did he do that? I don't know how he does all that stuff, but he saw you. He saw me. And he died for us. And it says before he, before the foundation of the world, he knew he was going to have to do that, and so he did it anyway. I, I like there was an old gospel song that talked about that he grew the tree that he was nailed to. Oh, man. Think about that. He grew the tree that they made the cross out of. God knows. You see, and so he has done these things. He will do them, and he's going to keep on doing them. And if he did them for John, he'd do them for me. If he did it for you, he'll do it for me. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Deliver. So God wants to take you up into himself and rescue you, take you out of that and put you into him and, and cover you. And you know what? He will go through it with you. Sometimes he don't take us out of it, but he just goes with us through it. Amen. Some people, I don't know about that. Heck, can he just take me out of it? Sometimes he does, but most of the time, you know, as we grow up a little bit, he lets us go on through it because he knows that it develops the character that we need. Did you know glory evidences character? character evidence is glory glory is abundance you know when they talk about oh look at the glory of that king it was all the abundance the abundance of god in his throne abundance it's authority it's power it's wealth it's character and god wants to develop his character in us so we can have abundance because if you don't have character you don't know how to handle Somebody finish that. If you don't have character, you don't know how to handle abundance. If you don't have character, you don't know what to do with authority. If you don't have character, you don't know what to do with that wealth. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So God sometimes allows these things to happen. He's not bad. It says that God's not evil. He, he's not tempted of evil, James says, but 
you know, uh, in all ways. He, sometimes he, you know, he allows those things to happen. So it says, neither, is he, uh, neither does he tempt any man with evil. So he's not the one that tempts us with evil, or he's not the one that, that brings the trial, but he allows it. So he takes credit for it. He says, well, the buck stops here because, you know, I, I did allow it. Why does he do that? Satan brings the trial. You've heard me say this. Satan brings the trial to bring out the worst. God allows the trial to bring out the best. And so he does, but he, he works with us through it. And when we're through that trial, he gives us grace and more grace. Now, he told the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. When the Apostle Paul was talking about the, this trial that he was going through, and that he said it's a messenger from Satan to buffet me. Man, you ever had one of them buffeting spirits? I'm not talking about a buffet spirit, but I'm talking about a, I've seen that. I've seen some people, I think they had a buffet spirit. But I'm talking about a buffeting spirit. You know, it's like every time you turn around, it's like, really? And, and, and that's breaking, and this is breaking, and it's like, wow, man, everything's just falling apart. And Paul said, you know, it's a buffeting spirit, you know, that, that just, sent, just, to, to just seemed like just to torment me. And, and, and God says, well, you know what, my grace is sufficient for you. He said, you know, three times, Lord, I sought you for this three times. And God said, you know, my grace is, he said, I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm shown strong. I'm made strong. You're made strong in me. And as I can work in you, as I give my grace, then we become strong in him. Our character begins to develop. Look at Psalm 27, verse 5. And the psalmist is talking about how that, uh, you know, with this thought of he, he will because he has. In Psalm 27, verse 5. It says, for in the day of trouble, anybody know what he's talking about? In the day of trouble, say it with me, he will. Say it again, he will. See, y'all going to have to help me preach this morning. How about that? All right, so in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. Oh, there's that secret place of the Most High. In his dwelling. It's not in my dwelling, you know. That's what, when you go to the door and, and Satan's knocking, say, oh, wait a minute. This is God's house, and uh, let me get him. <laughs> you know, it's his dwelling. Wherever you are, he ought to be, right? And whether, wherever, uh, wherever you are, he ought to be, and wherever he is, you ought to be there too, right? So it's his dwelling. In him we live and move and have our being. So the psalmist says, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling if you outside of that look out it ain't safe it ain't safe you better make sure that you are abiding in him jesus said if you abide in me and my words abide in you you can ask what you will and it shall be given this abiding is this thing of where we um intentionally make sure we're stepping into god into his principles remember those laws you know the spiritual laws uh, it's, uh, that we are intentionally stepping into him and that we are dwelling in him. We're abiding in him. We're finding our life in him. And so <clears throat> back there in Psalm 27, verse 5, he says, For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Oh, boy. That rock Christ Jesus, amen? He says he's the, the cornerstone. He's going to set me high up on the rock. My foundation is Jesus, and I'm going to dwell in him. In him I live and move. I'm going to find my being in him. So he will keep me safe in his dwelling. 
He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. You need to remind yourself of that. And sometimes you just need to remind your, the devil of that too. Wait a minute. I'm in the dwelling. I'm in God's dwelling. I'm seated high upon the rock. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. Yeah, you know, at the zoo, uh, they have all the lions and tigers, you know, behind these glasses. You can look out there and you see their habitat and they're out there and sometimes they'll be laying down. And so I watch kids go up there and, well, first they're kind of nervous, but when they realize that they're sheltered, you know, and with that glass there, then they start making faces at the lions and hitting on the glass and tormenting the, that old lion down there, right? Yeah, you know, when you find out how safe you are in the Lord... Well, I don't know about going. But you know what? You just need to tell the devil, hey, you know what? Who do you think you are? You can't touch me. You can't touch that. No, you can't. You can't touch me. You can't touch me. He has delivered us. Well, you know, I like to say he will deliver us because he has delivered us. Come on. You got to say it with me. He will because he has. I want you to leave here today with that so embedded into your mind because you've got to know it. You've got to preach this to yourself. You've got to preach to yourself. When everything starts to fall about at parting, you're in that time of trouble. You need to say, wait a minute. He will because he has. And when you think about that, you're going to think about all the things that he has done amen there in second corinthians that we looked at our text it says on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us on him we have set our hope you need to put your hope in him you're seated high on that rock isn't that what the, the psalmist said i'm in his dwell i'm in the dwelling of the lord devil you can't touch me i'm sitting on the rock on the rock christ jesus amen so i put my hope in him he is my solid foundation when the winds blow and the waves come, you know, I can be washed, but I can't be drowned. <laughs> you see, I built my house on the rock. It's going to rain. The rain's going to come on the house on the rock and the house on the sand. But when it says when they came, the house on the sand fell flat. That's what's down in Florida with them sinkholes, you know, they've fallen into the hole. But no, but man, your house on the rock is standing firm. Thank you, Adrian. I'm glad that you enjoyed that. I, nobody else got that. I don't <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I don't care how big a house. I don't care, you know, how wealthy you are. A sinkhole come underneath that thing, it's gone. The man you built on the rock. Hallelujah. It's there, amen. Hallelujah. He will because he has. We're going to get that in our spirit. Hallelujah. It's um, So let's look at this. Let's see what we have in here. Some of this the foundation that we have, what he has already done for us. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 through 15, man, I love this passage of Scripture because the Apostle Paul is reminding us of what God has already given to us, what we have in him. We have all things in him. Um, so in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, everybody there? Say amen. All right, everybody else say oh me. In verse 9, it says, for in Christ, now here we are, in Christ, we're in him, in that dwelling, in the tabernacle, in that secret place of the Most High, for in Christ, amen? In Christ, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. What? What? What you talking about, God? For in Christ, all the, what? Fullness of the deity lives in bodily form all the fullness what is that fullness 
the state of being filled to capacity. My bank account has fullness in it. It might not have been watered and planted yet. I mean, you know, it's planted there, but I don't know if it's watered yet, if it's brought before the harvest. But I remember when Charlie, a time when they were going through tough, tough times. And, uh, boy, it was neat to see the character of God come through him and Nancy. And I remember one time he, I said, how you doing? He says, I got more money than I can spend. Now, I knew in the natural he didn't. But his profession was, I got more money than I can. I'm filled to capacity. Wow, okay. Well, you know what? That's going to come to pass. That's gonna, did God do anything for you guys during that time? Well, if he did it for you, he can do it for me. Amen? So anybody else want to claim that? If he did it for him, he can do it for me. If he will, because he has. So fullness is the state of being filled to capacity. It's uh, fullness is, is full of you know, power. It is the state of being complete or whole. In him, I'm complete, I'm whole. Wait a minute, I've been saved. The Greek word for that is sozo. A little, a little word, sozo. Everybody say sozo. You learned some Greek today, sozo. What that means, it means whole, complete, full, fullness. It means not only delivered, set free, it means healed. It means rescued, redeemed. It means I am whole in Christ. I'm full. In him, I'm complete. I'm a child of God. I'm an heir and a joint heir. I'm not some happenstance. I'm not some wandering generality. I'm a meaningful, specific in Christ. I am somebody. He created me, and fullness is mine because he already put it in there. In him, all the fullness. So that means that he has already provided healing. He has already provided provision for me. He's already done all these things for me, and so I know that when I need him, he will supply him because he already has. Find him. Lord, they're making me nervous now. I don't know. <laughs> So it says, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been, hello, and you have been given fullness in Christ. You have been given this fullness in Christ. He has already given it to you. Remember what we're talking about. He will because he has. And we've seen here he has already given you the fullness of, am I going too fast? Okay, so it says, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Who are we talking about here? God is God. Amen? God is God. (laughs) He's above all things. He's beyond all things. He's below all things. He holds them up. He holds them together. He causes them to come into existence. I I wish somebody else could get excited about God today. Whoo. In him, you were also circumcised. You were set apart. You were uh, put into covenant with him in the, the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by God. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. I'm saved. I am set free. I have been saved from the penalty and guilt of sin. I am saved right now from the power of sin. One day I'm going to be saved from the very presence of sin amen Woo! hallelujah some people just get so nervous about their salvation and when the devil comes in are oh, you think you really saved well i don't know 
Well, you better know, because if you don't know that, the devil's going to whip you all around. You see, he, I have been saved. 2,000 years ago when he hung on the cross, he saw me. He saw you. And when he died, I died with him. So I got to see myself. Because he has, he will save me up here. And I see myself being saved there. So I have been saved from the power, the penalty and guilt of sin, the penalty of sin. It's gone away. Now then, that same salvation comes with me today. And I am being saved every minute, every hour, every day, every month. His salvation is still working. That fullness in me, completeness, a child of God. I am being saved. And one day, I will be saved from the very presence of sin. There will be no sin in heaven. I'm gonna be, we'll be set free. We'll be delivered. We'll be complete. We'll be whole. Nobody, not even the presence of sin. Verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive. He has made us alive in Christ way back there before we were ever even born. He forgave us all our sins. He did it then. Before you got a chance to be who you were, before you got a chance to be a sinner, he died for you. Before you were good or bad. You don't, so it don't matter how good you are. It don't matter how bad you are. You still got to be saved the same way. Some people think, well, I'm so, I've, been, I've messed up so bad, God couldn't save me. Somebody, somebody else says, well, I'm so good, I don't need him to save me. Wait a minute, both of you are going to hell. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> because you, everybody needs to be saved, you see? And so it says, um, God made us alive in him. He forgave us all our sins. Having canceled the rich, written code, hello, with its right, uh, with his regulations that was against us and that, that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. So he took it away. Now listen, here, this will help you out every day. Remember, I have been saved. He nailed it to the cross. He took it away. Now then, when I have to face it today, when I have to face that addiction, when I have to face that habit, when I have to face that trial or that temptation, when I have to face it today, what do I do? I go back and say, wait a minute. He will because he has. If I'm dead, if I died with him there, I'm going to die with him here. Wait a minute, alcoholism. Wait a minute, drug addiction. Wait a minute, pornography. You don't have any place here because you already died way back here. Hallelujah. If we're going to do your funeral today, and we have any former alcoholics, of course, if you're in AA, you they make you keep saying you are. Okay, what's your name, brother? Mike. Okay, so Mike said he was, al- he was an alcoholic. So, Mike, that used to really bother you, huh? I mean, you had to have a drink. As they say, one drink is too many and a thousand's not enough, right? Well, so if we had Mike's funeral, let's say Mike was still addicted to alcohol, and so we all come by and bring a little Jack Daniel by. Mike's laying in there. Here, Mike, you want some of this? Mike's laying there dead. You think Mike's going to drink that Jack Daniels? Why? You mean he don't want it anymore? <laughs> no, because he's dead. So now wait a minute. So Mike, if, if when you're physically dead, you don't want it, wait a minute. The Bible says that I died to my old nature way back there 2,000 years ago. So what I have to do is I have to tell myself, wait a minute, self, Jack Daniels, get out of here. Southern comfort, I don't need you. I need the comforter. <laughs> 
So I tell it right now, no, you don't have any hold over me because I'm dead to that. That part of me that wanted, that's dead, and it died 2,000 years ago. So God will deliver me today because he has delivered me back. Oh, come on now. Whoo. Man, if I was preaching any better, I'd have to be wearing tennis shoes. <sighs> Hallelujah. When you were dead, verse 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. Hallelujah. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with his regulations that was against us and stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross back there. And so you need to speak to yourself. Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 6. I'm dead indeed to sin. He says it like us Texans do. He says, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin in the King James and the NIV it says count yourselves to be dead I have to count myself to be dead and I have to say no I'll not do that because that part of me is dead now I'm alive to God and I'm alive for a reason and that's to bring praise and glory to him and by doing that that will not bring praise and glory to him I'm not my own I've been bought with a price it's not cheap grace it cost him everything cost him everything to provide that salvation for me. If he died for me, I ought to live for him. So you were dead in your sins, but he died for you. In verse 15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. And today, when the devil tries to come and tries to push you around, you say, wait a minute, you old toothless lion, get out of my face. Jesus triumphed over you way back there 2,000 years ago. When he pulls out his weapon, look at it real close because it's got that red tape around the end saying it's not just a play gun because he's been disarmed. He's disarmed. Just, just reach out and grab it and just slap the fat off his face. Say, get out of my face. Devil, I don't have time to be messing with you. I got things to do. Now, some people want to stay around and just fight and argue with the devil and do all this stuff. We ain't got time for that. Like that lady in, was it in Oklahoma? <laughs> Had that fire in her apartment. They were interviewed. She, I ain't got time. But ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Greg and Neil showed that to me out in the foyer one time about a couple years ago. But we ain't got time for all that stuff the devil trying to bring to us. Got things to do. Jesus disarmed him. And so he did it back then. And because and so he'll do it every day in our life. He will because he has. He has. Y'all getting that? He will because he has. Hallelujah. Well, there our text there in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. The uh, Living Bible says, and he did help us. And saved us from a terrible death. Yes, and we expect him to do it again and again. I like that. That's the power of again. If he did it once, he'll do it again. Hallelujah. It means, again means once more. Uh, again means in addition to what's already been done, he's going to do it again. Just because he did it once. And you don't get this. Like I said, he's not a genie in the, bo in the bottle where you only get three wishes. Oh, well, he's already done something for me. I, I can't ask him for anything else. I talked to people. I remember this one couple, and they were doing well. At that time in their life, they were doing very, very well. 
And so uh, uh, something came up in their life. I said, man, well, we'll pray for you. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. You pray for somebody that really needs it. God's blessed us so much. You know, that's, we're just so grateful. So I thought, okay. In my mind, I'm processing this, and I'm, I'm being cordial, so I didn't want to say, huh. I'm thinking, okay, well, that's good. You're thankful for what he's done, but wait a minute. That don't mean that he can't do something else. I mean, if the devil's fighting you, if somebody says they're going to pray for me, let's do it. Because, so here, so let me just tell you what happened over the next few years. Boom. Bang. I mean, bottom dropped out. Why? Well, I was wondering, well, you know what? The thing is, is that sometimes we think, well, I don't need to bother God with the small stuff. Let me tell you something. If you can't trust God with the small stuff, don't worry about him showing up when the big stuff comes around. Because he said, let me tell you something. If I'm not God now, then I won't be God then. Don't just call me when you think, you know, whatever. But if you trust me with everything, are you getting this today? I'm not trying to be, you know, mean. But this is what God says. If I'm God, God's God over the little things, and he's God over the big things. And so if the devil starts pushing you around, I don't care how successful you are or what you're walking in, that's when you better say, whoa, wait a minute, something's going on here. You better recognize the small things. Don't despise the small things is what the Bible says. And when, he start, when the devil starts to hit a little bit, you better slap him back right then. Don't, take, don't let him have any access. Give no place to the devil. Amen. So let me tell you something. We need to be vigilant is what he says all the time. So once again, he says he'll do it again and again and again and again. Hallelujah means that, yeah, he's done it once, but that's okay. He can do more than that. He can do it again. You know, now, you know, here in these old fleshly bodies, I, I say if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd take better care of myself. And uh, that old country song says, uh, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. <laughs> you know, that's about all we got left in is this once. But I want to tell you something. God's not like that. <laughs> he, he's not down. He's not so old that he's only got a once left in him. He's got, a ever, he's full, he's got the fullness in him. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, let me tell you something. He will do it again because he's done it before. He's done it before. He says, listen to some of these things. Let me just share some scriptures. Write this down. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, it says, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what God says. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can count on that. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, oh, some of y'all got nervous. I must have hit a bruise. I said, Malachi, y'all thought I was going to start talking about tithes. And <laughs> Bless your hearts. <laughs> Bless your heart. There's more in the book of Malachi. <laughs> there really is more in the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord. That's, I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He says, that's why you're not consumed, because I am the Lord. I'm God. I don't change. James chapter 1, verse 17, says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He does not change. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 23, when it says that God's not a man that he should lie, he says, nor the Son of Man that he should repent, you know, because he did something wrong. Huh? No, he's not like a man. It says, uh, he has said, and shall he not do it? What he said, shall he not do it? So if he said something, isn't he going to do it? 
Sure he is. And it says, or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? I'm having trouble with the King James here a little bit. My, little bit. My lips were in the NIV. But it says, you know, hath he, not, hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? If he said it, he's going to do it. He will because he has, and he has already said it. Hallelujah. God has proven himself time and time and time again down through the word that's why we have all the word that we get to look back at these stories and see where he's proved himself and in sickness he shows that he's the healer and in financial needs he tells us that he's a provider and in trouble we can know him as the savior as the deliverer in crisis he's the way maker in the storm he's my shelter god has proved it over and over again in times of loneliness he's my friend that's what he's done. We've seen it in the lives of, of Old Testament saints and our, the saints through the New Testament. We see where he has done it. And you know what? He will do it for me. He will do it for you because he will if he ha- because he has. Hallelujah. Well, tell me. Come on. Let's, let's just have a little interaction here. So where in the Bible, you know, if we think about healing where that, um, uh, you know, in sickness, he's the healer. Where? Just shout it out. Where's an example? Woman at the well. Okay. So uh, someplace else. Isaiah 53, 5, quoted out. By his, by his stripes we're healed. You don't have to quote scripture just if you think of an example. Where else do you think about where it shows an example of, of healing in the Bible? The woman with the issue of blood that pressed through. She said, if I may touch the, the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. What about naming the leper? You know, he came, he had everything. He was a man, he had everything. And uh, came, and, and the prophet told him, well, you go dip in that old dirty river. And he had to humble himself, and he went, and God healed him there, amen? Time and time and time again. And in, uh, in Exodus chapter 15, I jotted it down, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, where God says, the, I am the Lord that heals you. That's where he gets his name, Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. And let me tell you something, I don't serve him because he heals. I serve him because he's the healer, okay? And so that's how we got to get these things in perspective. But yet he, ha- he will heal because he has healed. By his stripes we uh, are healed. And James, or I think it's James that says, by his stripes we were healed. And he will because he has. Hallelujah. What about in, the, we know that in, in financial times he's a provider. Shout out some times in the Bible that you've, where God showed himself strong as a provider. Loaves and fish, all right. Yeah, he multiplied them. The widow with the cruise of oil that un- was unfailing, he, he said, you know, you go out and gather some pots and don't just get a few, you know, and get a bunch. You, the measure you measure is measured back, right? So don't just get a few. And so it, it, didn't, re- it didn't stop. You know what? There was, a, there was a time before, before he did it again, because when the prophet went over to Zarephath, remember? He was laying there, and he saw that widow out there gathering some little sticks and stuff, and he said, woman, go fix me something to eat. And see, for a prophet to talk to a woman, that was he had to humble himself. And she said, well, I'm just gathering some sticks, and we don't have anything, and we just have a little bit of meal, and I'm going to go fix it for me and my son, and then we're going to die. <laughs> he said, you fix it for me first. And he says, then for your son, and it, it's not going to, it won't end. You won't die. And so God did it, and that, that meal, what was it, just kept on producing, kept on producing. So he's provided. He provided. Amen. The Bible, then the New Testament says, uh, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. He's done it 
before. So we know that when I have a, you know, he's supplied my needs in the past. Boy, there was time when we didn't have two quarters to rub together, you know, even two pennies, even as far as that goes. And um, Sandy was went to the grocery store, and she had coupons and all that stuff, and she was looking to see how much, you know, in that, do you ever get down to when you're in budgeting and you're in the envelopes, you know, and you know, okay, this is much for grocery, this is much for, you know, got to pay the YouTube, all that stuff, all the envelopes, right? And so it was like the Academy Awards every morning. May I have the envelope, please? <laughs> so she was shopping, and so she came and, and got all this stuff. And, and uh, well, so was looking, thought, oh, no, I, I don't have enough of that. And she reached in to, to pull out some meat. I, it was like a roast or something like that. And so we went in to get that roast, and she thought, oh, I don't think I have enough to put it back. And as she was reaching to put it back, she felt something underneath it, and she turned it over. It was a $20 bill. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you know what? He supplied our needs. You know, he supplied our needs. He did it then. He'll do it again. And then he's done it time and time and time again. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. If he does it for me, he'll do it for you. How many of you would say you've had a time in your life where you've seen God provide for you? Miraculous provision. Look around. Look around. See, he does it, all right? He will because he has. And we re- need to remind ourselves of that. Why is it that we've seen him do things in the past in our lives? And then we get to a position of like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And then we, here we go, start thinking about, well, I know he can. I know he has. Oh, I just hope he will this time. What? What? Somebody ought to slap you. Devil, next time they do that, you slap them. No. We ought to get slapped. Slap back in the wait a minute. Why am I even thinking this? Is God a man that he should lie? The son of man that he should not keep his word? Didn't he say it back then? If he said it then, won't he do it now? Hallelujah. Oh man. So we need to be reminded of these things, and that's what he does. Hallelujah. Well, in trouble, he's my savior. He's my deliverer. He's my shepherd. He's my way maker. Can you think of some times in the Bible where, you know, the Lord showed up to make a way for people to be the Savior? Gideon was hiding out, and he come in and said, come on, buddy. I'm going to use you. I'm going to make a way for this nation of Israel, and I'm going to use you. What about the children of Israel, the biggie? Moses in the Red Sea. Oh, my goodness. You brought us out of Egypt to bring us here. Egypt on their heels and the Red Sea in the front. I preached a message called All That Night. You remember that message, All That Night? I need to pull that one out dust the, shake the dust off of it. All That Night. Man, I preached that in Africa, and you'd have thought they were about to tear the building down. All That Night, because that's what it says there. It says that they were standing there, and God told Moses to stretch out his, not rod, but his hand over that sea, and he caused it to part. God began to make a way, and it's just an all that night. God kept on providing, and the children of Israel just walked on past. He did it back then. So Joshua, Moses is dead. Children of Israel now up at the Jordan River. Oh, it's not just the Jordan River, but it's flooded. I mean, it's out of its banks. It's in bad shape. We know what flood water can look like, and it's really rushing pretty hard. And, and so now what? He says, you know what? He will because he has. And there again, he parts the Jordan River. Elijah, 
takes off his mantle, strikes the thing, and, and it opens up. The Jordan opens up for Elijah. Elisha, later on, after he now has the mantle of Elijah, he walks up to that river and says, well, I'll tell you something. I know you will part this because you have parted it for Eli Elijah. So he took Elijah's mantle and he struck that river and it parted. And then, you know, I'll tell you something. God is still a way maker. Hallelujah. Water talks of chaos and calamity. You got any calamity or chaos coming against you? You got some barrier standing in front of you? Let me tell you, he will part those things because he has part them. He's still a way maker. I wish I had somebody to preach to this morning. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, uh, in the New International Reader's Version, that's a new one for you. But I, they got, I like how they've gone back in here and they've really picked some stuff. Listen to how they do the 23rd Psalm. Now, don't just get so nervous here, okay? We still, I still quote it at the King James because that's how I memorize it. But I, so I have to read it from the NIRV. But listen how he says it. I like it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. He gives me everything I need. I don't have to be in want. He lets me lie down in fields of green grass. He leads me beside quiet waters. He gives me new strength. Hallelujah. When you think you've gone as far as you can go, let me tell you, there's a way maker there. Make a way for it. He can renew your strength. He guides me in the right paths for the honor of his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid. You are with me. Your shepherd's rod and staff comfort me. You prepare my, a feast for me right in the front of my enemies. Devil, <laughs> look what I'm eating. You thought you had me on stale french fries. But nah, I'm eating good with the Lord right here in, your, in front of you. You pour oil on my head. My cup runs over. I am sure that your goodness and love will follow me all my days. I'm sure it will follow me because you will because you have. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. He's a way maker. He tells us that that's who he is. And so when we need him to make a way, you don't even need to question it. You just need to say he will because he has. We don't even need to doubt him. Why do you think that the children of Israel, every time they faced an obstacle, they begin to, well, you led us out of Egypt. And you did, and they remember all these things. And why are they looking back? Because they're trying to get their, their mind in that state to believe that he will because he has. And sometimes we have to look back to see what he has done to know what he's going to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the way maker. Isaiah 43, verse 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert with streams and streams in the wasteland. Oh, it was a new thing when Moses stretched out his hand over that red sea. Oh, I ain't never seen this before. <laughs> Neither has anybody else. That was a new way. But now then I know that, you know what? I can just stretch my hand out over my calamities and chaos and barriers, and they have to leave Hallelujah, because he will because he has. Hallelujah. He'll do it again and again and again. Hallelujah. If you're, not, you know, something that you need to know today that if you're facing a Red Sea, I mean, if you can't go forward, you can't go backwards, you can't go right, you can't go left, you just need to cry out and say, okay, God, I'm sheltered in you. 
I'm safe in the arms of the Lord. I ain't worried about it. I'm just going to sit here and rest a little bit till you work it out. And all that night, <laughs> I'm just going to rest in him. All that night, I'm sure them babies in, in them mama's arms, you know, they were standing on this side. They could hear the Egyptian back there. They, could, they saw the Red Sea, and, the, and mama just rocking them. That don't worry about that. So they just went to sleep, and all that night, they just slept, and the next morning, they woke up on the other side. You know what? I want to be like them babies. I just want to just fall asleep in Jesus and be sheltered in his arms. I'm dwelling in him, and in him, all that fullness, that completeness, all those things that he's given to me, it dwells in him, and it's mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's the shelter in my storm. It says in Isaiah 25, it says, you have been rescued uh, for the poor. He says, you have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy, and in distress, a shelter from the storm, and a shade from the heat. You know what? He has been and he will be. And then you know what? Sometimes, have you ever wondered, well, uh, and so it seems like, you know, when we get to those situations, it just feels like we're so alone sometimes. When we're out there, you know, when it seems like that we're out there on the edge and the Red Sea's in front of us and the Egyptians are behind us, all the children of Israel wonder, well, where's God now, Moses? Remember that old, the old original movie? Remember that one guy? What was his name? Anyway, he would always say, you'd always see him, they'd t cut to him, and he'd say, where's your God now, Moses? You know, and it's like, well, he's getting ready to show up. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us, is what his word says. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, it says, he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Do you believe that today? In Joshua, it says, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And didn't Jesus say that? And he said, lo, I'm with you always. And I like to say, and high he is with me always too. He's with me low, he's with me high, he's with me over here, he's with me all the time. He's everywhere I need him to be. Hallelujah. And I like what the Apostle Paul writes to the Romans. <laughs> and he lets them know, look, let me tell you something. The devil can't get between you and God. He can't scare God off. He shouldn't scare you off. He says in Romans 8, 38, this is from the... Um, English Standard Version, okay, comes down from the King James. He says, For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers. Now, wait a minute. Think about this because it can, I can read it real fast. But he says, For I am sure that neither death, you know, if it, with the threat of death can separate you, is what he's getting down to, can separate you from God and from his love for you. He says, I'm sure that death can't. What is it? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were threatened with death. He said, we ain't worried about it. Let me tell you what, O king, our God's going to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we ain't going to serve. We're going to bow down to you. So death ain't going to separate me from God's love. He's going to love me in that thing. So neither death nor life, life, my life, if, if it's successful, it shouldn't separate me from God. Or if it's traumatic, that shouldn't separate me from God. Hello? He says, for, says, I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come and powers nor heights nor depths or anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of, of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus, somebody say he will because come on don't 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 fall asleep on me yet now come on we're gonna wrap this thing up with a big one all right can we do that he told me to tell you today that he's never gonna leave you and he said that you know his arm is not too short his ear is not deaf his love is far reaching i mean just look around at some of us in here man you know that god's love has to really reach far to get us amen hallelujah 
His power has not dried up and his promises are sure. His word is true. We need to know those things. And when you need him, he's going to be right there. And, and when he has done all, when we think we've done all that we can do, that's when we just turn over and now we say, okay, let's see what God's going to do. Amen. He's going to do it because he'll do it now because he did it back then. He will because he has. God is good. <laughs> and the other thing is God is God. You see, we read that he's God because it says, and he, he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That we need to know that he's who he is and that he's who he says he is and he's not going to lie about it. God's still God. You remember that old gospel song? Anybody ever remember that? God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God, and he'll always be the same. Anybody remember that old, old, old hymn? Oh, my goodness. Oh. I, I saw it on, you know, in Clear Lake Hospital, the only Christian station they carry is the Jimmy Swigert channel. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal is on that. But I, I saw a, an old clip. It was probably at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, honey, and it reminded me when we used to sing in the choir there at Victory Tabernacle in Topeka, Kansas. They started singing that old song, God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. Come on, y'all ever heard that? Let me teach it to you today. So you have to say, God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. He'll always be the same. How about if I say God is God and you say God don't ever change? And if I say God is God, you say he'll always be the same. Can you do that? You think? I know that's a lot to ask. I know that's pretty tough and you haven't even eaten any lunch yet or anything like that. So if I say God is God, that, yeah, God don't ever change. And it's going to get a little rhythm to this now. Woo. I don't know, Lord. I, thought you just wanted me to do this but God is God I know God is God he'll always be the same Woo! y'all did good y'all did good God is God I know God is God well so now then if I say so after we do that how about if then we could go into one of the verses and it always start out saying um, see how did this start out Oh, I have to, have to sing it through my mind. Oh, he's God. That's what it is. That's what it is. He's God. Okay, so after we do that little chorus thing, then you guys shout out, he's God. And so you look at me and say like, so what you got to say about that? It's kind of like one of them, uh, what do they have those, when they, they you know, they're kind of flowing, you know? What is it? Come on. They do it on, Jimmy Kimmel and them do it. They would, you know, they would rap and the other guy, they they go back and forth and see if you could battle okay all right so y'all didn't so you say god is god y'all looking at me god is god and i have to say and i have to say and tell you what he is how about that all right so ho holler it out or oh wait 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 i'm sorry wait 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 i'm sorry <laughs> i did i told you wrong he's god you say y'all say he's god up on the platform back at the door over in the amen corner, all over this floor. I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. He'll always be the same. <laughs> I don't know, Brother John. <laughs> John, you know that song, don't you? Yeah, amen. 
You want to try another one? So shout out, he's God. He is, he's God. Oh, wait a minute. Let me think. Okay. You want to do that one? Oh, well, we did. Okay, so he's God up on the platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over this floor. I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. He's always the same. Amen. So then we go into that one. Um, oh, he's God. Okay, that's, that's it. All right, so holler it out. See if we got any. When the lightning flashes, when the thunder rolls, up in heaven, all down in my soul, I know God is. You only do it four times on he's God. I know God is God. I know God is God. Shout it back. He's God on the ocean, on the sea, in all creation. All over me, I know God is God. I know God is God. He's always be the same. Hallelujah. You want to try one more? Say, he's, he's God in the Father, in the Son, in the Holy Ghost. Three in one. I know God is God. I know God is God. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, give yourself a hand this morning. Come on, pray. I dare you to praise him. I dare you to praise him. I know God is God. See, because he don't ever change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a, a crazy praise. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Woo! Woo! Hallelujah. You can be seated. Y'all acting crazy now. Y'all just acting crazy now. We didn't do that one that he's God at the River Jordan. He's God when Adam fell. He's God way up in heaven. And he's God that saves from hell. I know God is God. See, we could just do this all day, but... We got to get out so you can watch the Texans. We're going to give God praise today. Hallelujah. You see, I know that he will because he has. See, because God is God, and he don't ever change. So when I need him, he's there. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. He's my shepherd. He's my guide. He's my healer. He's my friend. He's my provider. He's my sanctification. He's all that I need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we praise you today. We praise you today. We praise you today. I want to tell you something. See, there's power. This power of again, God will do it again. But you see, he's given us something. Now, I want you to think about this, and we're going to close this thing down. When you do it again, you bring up that power. That same, it's like that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that made him live again. It dwells in you. And you see something? You can get up again. I like the story of the prodigal son. And it comes to this one, this one verse there in Luke, and it says, And he got up. He got up. He got up out of the, the pig pen. He got up out of that mud and that slime and that stuff. And he got up. 
And he thought, man, my father's servants do better than this. He got up, and I want to tell you something. That's when it started. The power began, began to work in him because he got up again. And he went to his father again. And instead of thinking he was just going to get a low place down there, the father said, hey, there's my son. Go kill the calf. Get the robe and put on his back. Put a ring on his hand. Kill that calf. We're going to have a party in here today. Hallelujah. He said, because my son was dead, but he's come back again. He come back. I want to tell you something. You can come back to God. You might feel like you've walked away from him. You might feel like, well, you know, I don't know. I messed up, and I don't know if God would take me back. I want to tell you something. He's got that again that works in him. He will because he has. He did it for the prodigal son. He'll do it for you. And so when you think that you walk so far away from him, that there's no place you can come back to, oh, you've got another thing coming because you can come back to him again. Hallelujah. You can live again. You can love again. When you feel like that you've been broken and that you gave everything that you have in a relationship and it's not there anymore and you're brokenhearted and you're, you feel lonely, you feel rejected, you feel just so lost. Let me tell you something. You can love again. You can love again. You get back up and you get in him. Let him heal you. Let him comfort you. Let him restore you. He will revive you again. He will restore you again. Hallelujah. You can sing again. It feels like that you lost the song that you had. You know, there's times when you get up every morning just singing, and it's like that Disney, you know, cartoon when the guy's walking down through there and the little bluebirds flying on his shoulder, you know, and all that stuff. And you're like, yeah, that was good, but I don't know where that part of my life went. And you just don't feel like that you even got a song in your heart. Let me tell you something. You can sing again. You find your strength in him. You might have had a loss. You might have suffered a loss of a loved one or something in your life, a tragedy that came, and you just feel like that it's gone, that song is gone, but you can sing again. You can rejoice again. The Apostle Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. Oh, I'll tell you again, rejoice. You can rejoice again. You might not see it now, but you need to tell your circumstances, situation. He will because he has. He will because he has. You need to praise him like you already have it. And when you begin to praise him like you used to, then you begin to praise him like you need to. And you can rejoice again. You can win again. You can win again. You feel like that maybe you got something that you got knocked something knocked out from underneath you, and and don't get into that thing like I remember when, and and if it hadn't been for this, and if it hadn't been for that, and if it hadn't been for that person, if it hadn't been for this, it hadn't been for. Let me tell you something. If it hadn't been that Jesus died on the cross back there and gave us victory, you wouldn't have victory now. So you know what? He will give you victory now because he gave it to you. Then he will because he has. Don't start looking back at all that garbage. You start looking forward to how you're going to win again. Get up again. Rejoice again. Win again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I just thank you today. I thank you that you are the God of again. Lord, I thank you that your hand is not too short and your ear is not deaf and your love is all-encompassing and your grace is sufficient I thank you that you are here in your presence today. 
Hallelujah. In his presence today, I don't know what your needs are. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. I, I'm preaching to myself if nobody else is getting anything out of this. I, I don't know what you might need today, but I want to tell you something. If it's physical, he will because he has. If it's financial, he will because he has. If it's salvation, he will because he has. If it's a way where there's no way, he will because he has. Maybe you have sins that need to be forgiven. Just like the prodigal, when he got up, all you need to do is get up, get out of that mess, come back to him. He will restore you because he has. Maybe the burdens that you carry today are just so heavy and you feel like that you just can't carry them anymore he says cast your care on me because I care for you and he says well pastor I, I did that so many times I hate to even ask God no 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 don't say that he loves for you to come and he will because he has he will care for you he will lift your burdens he will because he has maybe you just need a personal revival in your life right now let me tell you something that can happen he will because he has Maybe you need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I just say it. We've been having church today. I can say Holy Ghost. You know what? 120 people waited in that room, and he, he poured out the Holy Ghost then. He can do it again. He will because he has. It's not over until he says it's over. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes we sit in church, and we get to thinking that, well, I'm just not being fed. Well, come on. You're not a baby anymore. I, I remember a time in my life and I, I walked out of a church and I just said, well, I'm just not being fed anymore. And I left church. Don't do what I did. That's a big mistake. See, it wasn't that preacher's fault. It was my fault. Because I'm big enough to take that spoon and to begin to feed myself. If this is all you're waiting for, this is all you're getting throughout the week, man, bless your heart. You're starving to death. No wonder you're not being fed. You, you don't even have enough strength to pick a spoon up and get any. You need to start feeding yourself. Every morning you need to get up and say, Good morning, Lord. I know today that you will supply my needs because you already have. I know today that you're going to strengthen me because you've already done it. You begin to rejoice in him every day. And when you hit those doors on Sunday morning, look out, man, because you're coming to church. And it'll be like the, when Peter and John went, and they, they just get close by that the, their shadow might fall on them because they thought if just the shadow of these guys, they were so anointed on the way to church. Peter said, silver and gold have I number such as I have give I to you. Get up and walk. Man, on the way to church, miracles happening. How about that? How about on the way to church that we just see miracles begin to happen? We just bring them on into church. Amen. Get them saved out there. Bring them in here. Get them filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Get them shouting. That's the way it ought to be, people. But no, we want to blame somebody else. It's their fault. You know, pastor's not feeding me. Gabe's not fixing, singing the right songs. And sound people aren't doing the sound right and the lights aren't the right way and the air conditioner's too hot or air conditioner's too cold and all this stuff go find another place to sit <laughs> it depends on where you sit it's how cold and yeah come on man let's get off this stuff and let's start being his servants and go out here to see and eat and meet it and find a hurt and heal it that's what it's all about it's not about us <laughs> it's about knowing who he is and if i'm still here and 
And if I'm breathing, I'm not just sucking air and growing old. I'm here for a reason, and that's to win the lost and develop the saved. That's to know God and to make him known. I want to know him every day more and more. And when something gets in my way that's going to try to hinder me from knowing God more, I'm going to say, wait a minute. I know God can deliver me. I know he will because he has. He has. I'm not going to let this thing stop me. If it's a Red Sea, if it's a Jordan River, if it's a Pharaoh's army, if it's leprosy, if it's a sickness or an illness, if it's money, whatever it is, God will take care of it because he has already provided it. Is anybody getting this this morning? Is anybody getting this this morning? Hallelujah. I don't know what you came to do today, but I came to tell you this. That when you face that situation, know that God will take care of it because he already has. Man, he's a good God. God is God. And he don't ever change. If he did it for those rascals, those Israelites who, my goodness, wow, if he did it for them, he can surely do it for us. Hallelujah. Father, today in your presence, I just pray. Search our hearts. Holy Spirit, just quicken us today to the needs that we have if you're here today and you feel like you're outside of Christ maybe you don't know him maybe you've never received him I'm not talking about being in church I'm not talking about I'm talking about do you know have you received him as your Lord and Savior that you know that you know that you know that you're going to spend eternity with him I'm not talking about your your walk with him right now I'm talking about your relationship are you a child of God because you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died for you, and he rose the third day to make intercession for us. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says that you'll be saved. If you're not sure today, why don't you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. If I were to enter into eternity, I'm really not sure that I'd spend it with him. Anybody here? Let me ask you this. Where are you in your walk with him? So your relationship is you're his child. How's your fellowship going? You know, are you letting him into every area of your life? Or are you like the layout of seeing church where he's on the outside knocking and saying, hey, can I come in and, and have fellowship with you? And nah, 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 everything's cool. Just go on. I, we got everything handled. Do you feel like you need to say, Lord, I, I need to just commit myself to you fresh and anew. Fresh and anew. I need to rededicate myself to you today. If that's you, nobody looking around, just to the Lord. Say, Father, I, I, I need to do that today. I just want to tell you today that I, I'm going to go that next level with you. I, I'm rededicating my life to you. I, I'm all in for you. And I know that you will take care of whatever needs are because you've already done it. Just your hand to the Lord. Just, I just tell him, say, Lord, that's me today. I'm making that commitment. Let me tell you something. If you don't have a church... If you've never made a commitment, if we haven't given you an opportunity to make a commitment to Light Christian Center, you can do that. If you, if you want to be a part, if you want to make a commitment to this church and this, this body of believers and the, the vision that God's called us to do, it's real simple. God just said that we are to win the lost and develop the saved. That's how simple it is. Win the lost and develop the saved. So boy, that takes care of every area of ministry in our church. And if you're not a part of a church and and uh, maybe, again, you might have been coming here for a year. Maybe we never gave an opportunity. If you've never, uh, we've never given you an opportunity to make a commitment to say, you know what, Light Christian Center is my church. 
I'm part of that body and, and that group of people. That's my family. That's my spiritual family. If that's you today, if you'd like to do that, just raise your hand. The reason we're doing that is I want you to know you're not alone. You're part of this, part of this church. And let me just tell you something. We really believe that if you'll make a commitment here at Light Christian Center, and if you'll give us one year, give us one year, you come as often as you can come. When the Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whenever th- something's going on, if you'll come, we'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee you that your life will change. It'll change. It'll change. That's all it takes. Just That's all we ask. Just give us one year, and then just do be all you can be for Jesus. Amen. You're not alone today. Father, today as we join hands together, Thank you that you're reminding us that you uh, love us through your people. Lord, we are people touching people. We want to touch their lives for good. We want to touch their lives when they need a touch from you. Father, that help us to be available. Lord, help us to, be, uh, to see a need and meet it. Help us to f- find a hurt and heal it. Lord, right now as we are feeling these hands in our hands, that we're saying, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Lord, you are always with me. You said you'd never leave me or you'd never forsake me. Not only are you making intercession for me in heaven, but you put people around me to pray for me, to stand with me, to love me, to accept me, and to walk with me through difficulties. Lord, we thank you for this family. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this body of believers. We thank you for the harvest that's coming in. Father, I I, I thank you that every seat is full. I thank you, Father, Father, that there's standing room only. And Father, that people are so excited that we're busting the doors down to get out of here to go out into the harvest field and win the lost we give you praise now in jesus name can we do that let's give him praise this morning (laughs) shake somebody's hand and let them know you're glad to see them here at light christian center today god bless you